0: Welcome to the Horizon Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our mission as a church is to win people to Jesus Christ, disciple people in Jesus Christ, and send people for Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more or partner with us, simply go to horizon.org. We hope this episode encourages you in your walk with Jesus as you continue to grow in his love and truth. Now, let's join Pastor Bob as we study God's word together. Great to have you this morning. I love this story. This is an awesome story, and uh, in the 25 minutes that are left in this service, I, I just would love to share it with you. So cool what happens here. If you're familiar with Second Chronicles, you probably are familiar with it because of one passage in particular. Uh, let me just remind you of that one. Uh, it's in Chapter Seven, so just for a second we 'll get to chapter twenty I promise but but here's the one that we all just love to claim and believe God for in Second chronicles since we're in that book, look at chapter seven and it's verse fourteen. come on, you know it read it with me let 's read it out loud ready if my people come on, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will, come on, heal their land. Look at the context of this verse, though. I, I love, I'm with you, I love finding great promises like that tucked into the pages of scripture that we can pull out and claim for such a time as this. But would you please, for a second, look at the context in which that promise, that verse is given to us. And by context, I mean, just back up one verse. Daddy, look up one verse with me, right there, just just up to verse 13. Look at the context. Look at the circumstances in which this promise is declared to be made for the people of God. Look what it says. When I shut up heaven, when there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. So in a COVID-19 type circumstance and situation, the solution that God would set before us as families, as members of, 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 of of the tribe and the people of God is what? if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Yeah, in a in a situation like that, in a circumstance like that, in a difficulty like that, not in a time where you're like all roses, thumbs up, everything profitable, and you're on vacation. No, when it's hard, when it's rough, when it's tough sledding, when it's uphill, when it's difficult. If my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. I will, here's, here's our God. I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I will heal their land. What a great word of encouragement for us and that certainly then helps to set the context for what awaits us in chapter 20. Flip over to Second Chronicles chapter 20 and um, we're just gonna pray this blessing of a of a of a privilege and priority to bring this word before before your hearts on father's day if you're here if you're sitting on the grass if you're in your car if you're tuning in, watching online, welcome. Listen to what God's word would have to say, okay? So we're just going to look at this scripture together briefly. I'm going to preach my brains out. We're going to pray over it. We're going to enjoy root beer. We'll get something to eat, enjoy our families, take a nap. We're all right on schedule, right? That's the plan for the day. I, if I would just sort of like sum this up for you, I mean kind of the context in which we find ourselves, June of 2020, church, I think it would be four words, just four. I mean we could just, we could just like agree to these four words, close in prayer, be done with it. No amens to that. Give me at least the next 25 minutes, but, but I'm, I'm going to give you four words. Everyone say Four. Yell it like you mean it. Not not like not like four, like, not not four like you just shanked it into the next fairway. I mean four like you crushed it. Yell four. Yeah, yeah, like like you crushed it into the foursome in front of you. Here are the four things. Here are the four words. Jesus is coming again, church. Come on, someone say amen. That's the truth. Listen, I'm not overselling this. I think, dads, it honestly needs to shape and change how we're living. You're going to approach life one of two different ways. You're either going to approach it in the spirit. We've been in this series since Pentecost Sunday on the outpouring presence and power of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna see another example of that this morning in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You're either gonna approach the challenges of life one of two ways, either in the spirit or in your flesh. Listen, choose both, you lose both. You know why? Because these cancel each other out. It's a trade war. I read a quote this week that the kingdom of God is not advanced by churches filled with men. The kingdom of God is advanced by men filled with the Spirit. And some of you, I I, I know just by uh, our our, our walk and fellowship and, and life together, some of you are day traders, and you're really good at it. It's what you do for a career. It's what you do for a living. Listen, we should all daily be trading this. We should be trading all day long our our flesh in for his spirit. And I, I really believe that that's what's before us as a nation right now. And we're at a very teachable moment as a nation as to whether we will wake up to his spirit, what his spirit is declaring to the church and how he's desiring for us as dads to live and to lead, there's a shaking up that's going on, and it's a trade war between the flesh and the spirit. The question is, will we as a nation be humble enough to repent? I mean, from how it's been going, will we be humble enough to repent and courageous enough to reconcile with God? and with each other, to approach life through a different set of lenses, the new set being the presence of his Holy Spirit in our lives, the raising of our kids, even as the Zanellas this morning would have exemplified for all of us desiring to make such a public dedication before the Lord and the Lord's people, to approach life that way, filled with a love and honor of God, to love God and to love each other. And you know what, love and equality Those are two very much needed traits that track back to the heart of Jesus, and may they be reflected in us. So there's this guy in the Bible here in chapter 20, uh, not very well known, not overly famous, this guy, But he's worth a look. He's worth us getting to know. He's worth us learning from. Well worth getting to know this guy in 2 Chronicles 20. Let me read it to you. Look at verse 1. And it happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and the others with them besides the Amorites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Stop right there. You're like, I know that guy, Bob. Jump in Jehoshaphat. I, I already know. That's not who I want to introduce you to. But he's a great cat nonetheless. I mean, he's an awesome king, and not all the kings were that great, but we've actually landed on one that is. Jehoshaphat literally means God is judge. God is judge. Jehoshaphat, Jehovah, God, Shaphat, the judge. He's the judge. God is judge. Okay, watch what happens came to pass uh, that these armies gather against him. They've, like, surrounded him. They've they've ganged up against him. Verse 2. And some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, there's a great multitude coming against you, man. And they're coming from beyond the sea, from Syria. So now the Syrians are involved. The Moabites are involved. The Ammonites are involved. He's surrounded. And they're all down there at Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi which is the lowest part of the lowest valley on planet Earth. It's like right there next to the Dead Sea. It's where David would go to hide out from King Saul. In fact, we're going to start a brand new series next weekend called Victories from Valleys, because sometimes we think we need to be on a mountaintop to see the, 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 the victory and the triumph. No, 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 no. No, there are victories waiting for us in the valleys. Maybe you find yourself in a valley right now, maybe a valley economically, maybe a valley relationally, maybe you're in a valley physically where your health is concerned. There are victories to be had from the valleys, from the lowest parts of life, and, and, and here in the lowest part on the whole planet— God's going to show up in a miraculously powerful way. But I want you to see the response of Jehoshaphat because it likely is the response that sometimes we utter when we find ourselves drowning or surrounded by difficulties and heartache and, and, and trouble and, and, and sadness. And, and, and what's his response? Verse three, look at it. And Jehoshaphat feared. But that's not all, it's a natural response. So natural that throughout Scripture, God would declare to us 365 times, don't be afraid. He's going to say it again in this passage, in fact. Don't be afraid. He knows that's our natural go-to inclination, and it is also here for a just and noble king by the name of Jehoshaphat. He's afraid, but he allows the fear to motivate him in a direction. Look what it says. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. What if we set ourselves? In, in, maybe in the, in, the, in the fear of what's happening on the streets of our, of our, of our country, the, the fear of what's happening in Seattle, somehow migrating down the coast to San Diego, certainly stopping by in Portland, probably San Francisco, maybe a fear economically, maybe what if we set ourselves in the midst of the conditions to which we find ourselves surrounded with, what if we set a clock together, what if we set our iPhones, what if we, what if we did this, For the last three months, we've been praying around the clock as a church, and a lot of you, praise God for you, have been faithful to pick a time on that clock and to pray us through this pandemic over the course of the last three months. So, what if we sort of wrapped up that prayer time after now being in it for three months and focused all of our attention together on the number 714 and we set a clock, maybe even starting this evening? to all gather together as dads and moms and husbands and wives and children. Kids, you're in the car. You're here. This is kids' church as much as it's big church. Set your clock for 7.14 or tomorrow morning and let's do exactly what 2 Chronicles 7.14 declares for us to do. If my people, who are called by my name, because here's what Jehoshaphat does. He sets himself. Set a clock. Set your watch. Set your iPhone and join with us. You're like, should I do it this evening or or tomorrow morning? Whatever you want to do, maybe both. But let's join with other churches, even as yesterday was a great display of the power of prayer across our county. Let's meet together at 714 and look to our God for the hope and answers to all of our needs and questions. He, He sets himself to seek the Lord. And guess what? It's contagious. Look at verse four. So Judah gathered together and they asked for help from the Lord. Let's, let's join in that together. I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I hope, I hope that you honestly will seriously, prayerfully consider setting your clock for 714 and praying with us. Make it contagious in your heart as well. They gathered together and they asked for help from the Lord. And from all of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. It just sort of like had a rippling effect that went into every street and every home and every town and every city. May it be the same for us in Jesus' name. Okay, look what happens. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and of Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, here's his prayer. Here's his prayer. Verse 6. O Lord God of our fathers. Are you not the God in heaven? Now, God knows He's the God in heaven, but Jehoshaphat is needing to remind himself that God is the God in heaven. He's just being really honest and pretty transparent in his authentic prayer here to say, God, aren't you the God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God? Of course, He is. Josephus needing to remind himself this. He's giving himself a little pep talk here. He's like, are you not the God of our fathers? The God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? In your hand is there not power and might so that no one's able to are you not our God? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? You remember that, God? You remember? Friends, God. We're friends. We're not foes. We're friends, right? And they dwell in it. And they've built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, hey, if disaster comes upon us, sword or judgment or pestilence, (laughs) how relative. Relative. I mean, just like, I love God's word. I mean, just like, man, there's no irony here. It just speaks into our circumstance. God, we know you're there. And we know that you know you're there. We're just needing to remind ourselves again who you really are. You're there in the midst of the sword, and you're there in the midst of judgment, and you're there in the midst of pestilence or famine. And we stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and we cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear, and you will save. Amen. It's a great prayer. Verse 10, and now Here are the circumstances that he finds himself surrounded with. Look what he says. And now here are the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, Syria, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and they did not destroy them. Here they are. He's like, hello. He's knocking on heaven's door. He's like, here they are. Look at, look at, look at. Here they are. And they're rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession. Are you going to let this happen? Is this how you're going to let it go down? Oh, our God. Verse 12. Will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. What an honest prayer. How many times... I mean, truly, if you just looked up to heaven and you're kind of like, like David, throughout all the Psalms, you're kind of like, hello, anybody up there? You for us? Are you with us? Of course he is. Of course he is. He loves you. Well, what about this, God? What about this happening? What, this with my family and this with my business. We don't know what to do. I love his honesty. Look what this says. Look what he says. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. What a word, Dad. Where are your eyes? Where's your focus fixed? I know that there are times that are upon us right now, and we don't know what the stinking heck to do. What do we do about this? But our eyes, our eyes, come on, say it, our eyes are upon you. And all Judah with their little ones and their wives and their children, they all stood before the Lord. And then the Spirit of the Lord, okay, here's this mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not on the king but on the guy I want to introduce you to. You've already heard of the king. Not on the whole assembly that's gathered together as this thing has run contagiously through the streets of Judah. No, no, no. The spirit of the Lord specifically falls on one guy. Look at verse 14. It came upon Jahaziel. Jahaziel, the the son of Zechariah. What a great dad to have, by the way. The son of Zechariah. The son of Benaniah. The son of Jael. The son of Madaniah. A Levite. There's his legacy. There is his incredible privilege to be a part of a family that is seeking the Lord, that is serving the Lord, that is dedicated to the Lord. The sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly, he gets the word from the Spirit. Now, that's got to impact the king a little bit, because the king's been like pouring his heart out in this real honest prayer of transparency, just sort of like, God, I'm just pleading. I'm just begging. Where are you? Need another? surrounded and going down. And, and the Spirit of the Lord shows up, incidentally, shows up not on the politician, King Jehoshaphat, but shows up in the heart of a priest whose name literally means beheld of God. Jahaziel, beheld of of God, tucked away, protected of God, held of God, provided for by God, looked after by God. And he says this. Here's what the Spirit delivers to this guy. Check this out. Don't miss this. Look at verse 15. And he said, Listen. All of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat. So he's talking to everybody, including the king. That would have been a little risky. Sort of like, probably an easy way to lose your head. But respectfully, he's like, okay, I've got the word and answer to the prayer that you've cried. Here's what the Spirit says. Listen. Jerusalem. Listen, Judah. Listen, king. Thus says the Lord to you. Do not, what's he say? Come on. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid of this. Don't freak out over this. Don't lose your hope over this. Don't lose your soul over this. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Dads, you wanna know something today? You have a God who fights for you. You have a God who fights for you. Show me a God who fights. I was talking to my son about it yesterday, and he said, well, that wouldn't be Buddha. He's too fat, he ain't fighting. It ain't Muhammad, he's too dead, you hearing me? Show me a God who fights, and fights for you. This battle is not yours. This battle belongs to the Lord. He wants to fight this for you. Now you both can't fight it. If you want both, sort of like that flesh and spirit thing, you choose both or you lose both. But you could trust him with this. You could just lean back into his everlasting arms of love and believe him for the victory that he's already accomplished for you, church. The battle belongs to the Lord. This isn't your battle. It's his battle. You don't have Hindu gods that are fighting for you. The Hindu god is a cow. Look it up. Google it. Cows don't fight. Well, I'm my own God, man says olivecintus you're fighting an invisible foe your your battle is spiritual, so if you're your own God, you can't even see your opponent. You need a God who will fight for you. you have one in the name of Jesus, Almighty. God is declared by the Spirit to be the answer to their plight and problem in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This battle is not yours but God's. And tomorrow, he gets really specific in verse in verse 16. Look at this. Tomorrow go down against them. Go down against them. Like you always you always feel better, Daddy O, because you're like a fix it guy. You're looking for um you know solutions so go on down be a part of this thing like go through the motions like you're part of it but this really isn't your battle just go on down you can go down against them and they're going to come up from the ascent of ziz and you're going to find them tells them exactly where at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeril, but you will not need to fight you can position yourselves. You can stand and, 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 and you stand still and you'll see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. He's with you. That's the same promise Jesus gives to us. I'm with you. That's the power of Pentecost. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'm with you. To lead you, to guide you, to comfort you, to protect you, to fight for you. You. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you even to the end of the age. Position yourself. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord who's with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. And do not fear or be dismayed, for tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. What a word. What a word of encouragement on Father's Day. The Lord is with you, guys. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, and they worshiped the Lord. They're sort of like, oh, relief. He's not against us. He's for us. He's going to win this struggle. He's going to win this war. He's going to fight this battle for us. we got a God who fights for us. They couldn't believe it. They worshiped the Lord. Okay, look what happens. Watch this. Then the Levites, and the children of the Kohathites, and the children of the Korahites. You remember Korah? Here's his descendants, totally different sermon, but with pointing out, that here they are, worth pointing out, right there, they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud, come on, voices loud and, and high, And they rose early in the morning, and they went into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood, and he said, Hear me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. It's sort of like, I don't know, it's like me being on some stage. This, this, This stuff, are you looking at it? Like just sort of like pan back, guys. Show them like the full picture of this whole deal. Because this ain't cheap. I know you know it isn't cheap because you rented one for your big Father's Day picnic in your backyard this afternoon, right? Like this isn't a cheap deal. It's like me standing on a stage in front of all of North County, cars and picnics and live stream from around the world and declaring to you the same thing. San Diego, believe in the Lord your God. America, believe in the Lord. Dad, believe in the Lord, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will prosper. Well, look what happens. Look what happens here. This is crazy. This is so cool. Look at verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. He appointed who? The strongest guys in town. The, 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 the biggest just ripped warriors with the sharpest spears did he go after the archers no 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 look what he does he appointed those who should sing to the lord who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army before not after the army not the caboose at the end of the army they went in front of the army Do you hear me? They went in front, the singers, the worship leaders, the choir. He didn't send the strongest soldiers out in front. He sent the singers and they sang, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Look at this. Look at, look at, look at the power of praise. You guys, listen, listen to me, listen. You start to praise, he starts to fight. You put him first. You look to him. You give him honor. You give him your praise. He'll go to war for you, church. He'll fight your battles for you. They don't send the strongest warriors and soldiers. They send the band. They send the Sopranos. They send Stassi. Which makes sense. I mean, she could lift my car. Have you seen any of her workouts? I'm telling you what. He sends what he knows in the presence of almighty God is their strongest ally and defense. And church, guys, hear my heart. It's you praising God. And it releases something in the heaven. I'm telling you what. It releases a God who now fights for you. When they began, look at verse 22. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon and against Moab and against the Syrians, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah and they were, come on, what? Defeated. Four words. Faith. That takes faith you got to believe that his plan is a better plan than yours, church. I know what you're wondering right now. Will this God who fights fight for me? That takes faith to believe that he will. Faith that you are reaching out on the Sunday morning of Father's Day to a God of angel armies The question really isn't, is God on your side? He's already shown that he is and proven it through his love. The question is, are you on his side, Zanella? Are you standing up publicly with your family in light of all of the issues faced with us today and saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? That takes faith. And that's why I love the Zanella family so much. What a great example they brought for us today on Father's Day. Secondly, it takes humility. Humility. That's the swallowing of your pride, Jehoshaphat, that I'm gonna give a word and answer to your prayer, but I'm gonna give it to this unknown guy who's never been mentioned in Scripture before and never gets mentioned again. Just so ultimately... I'm the one who receives all the praise and the glory. He's not after the honorable mention in your life, you guys. He wants to be given all praise. And that takes something that takes faith and that takes humility. Thirdly, it takes trust trusting in His plan, trusting in His promised outcome, believing Him. It isn't an issue of how big your opponent is, it's an issue of how great your God is. And He is awesome. And he is worthy of our praise. And the moment we begin to praise is the moment he begins to fight. So put your faith in him and humble yourself before him and trust him with all your heart. And fourthly, obey. They obeyed. And as they obeyed, they were blessed. As they obeyed, they saw the victory As they obeyed, their enemy was defeated. As they obeyed, they never walked alone. Shout out to Liverpool. What if, um, band, come on up. Come on up, Will. What if if Peter and the disciples in the midst of that stormy night on the Sea of Galilee, what if they did this? Because they're freaking out. They're stressed. They think they're about to die. They're fearing for their own life, right? What if, I don't know, I'm just thinking, what if they, in the midst of that storm, in the midst of your storm, in the midst of my storm, in the the midst of all that surrounds us, what if on the ship in the middle of that storm, what if they started to sing? What do you think would have happened if they would have just started to sing like Moses sang when the Red Sea parted, like Hannah sang when God answered her prayer and opened her womb, like Mary when she sang? What if the disciples in the midst of that storm, what if they began to sing? Because the moment you give him your praise is the moment he starts to fight your battle. Do you remember where he is on on the ship? Let Let me show you. I'll just demonstrate. Here he is. Right? Here he is. He's asleep. He's like curled up. He's just like this. He's like this, church. He's like, uh, it's been a long day. Been ministering to a lot of people there. Uh, And what wakes him up? What wakes him up? Was it the storm that woke him up? No, the storm didn't wake him up. It's not the sound of the rain. It's not the sound of the wind beating on on the, on the ship. It's, it's not the waves. It's like gale force, hurricane, storm. We're told it's a storm like the disciples who grew up on that sea had never experienced in their life. And the boat's going like this, you guys. But this isn't what woke Jesus up. What wakes him up? What wakes him up? Their voice wakes him up. the moment he hears your voice is the moment he rises to the occasion to fight your battles for you can you say amen to that church God we thank you for the victory that you have accomplished for us when you took our place incidentally when you took our place in the valley of Jehoshaphat you know where that is right The Valley of Jehoshaphat is that valley that runs between Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives. It's that valley in which a garden is found called the Garden of Gethsemane, a garden in which Jesus would say, if there's any way out of this, because I don't feel like doing it, if there's any other way, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. It's where he faced the judgment in the valley of Jehoshaphat, the valley of judgment where he fought your biggest enemy. And won your biggest war can you praise him for that this morning could you give him your praise as the band sings could you rise to your feet and know this as you do when we begin to praise he begins to fight and may he bless each and one of your dads and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your grandmas and your grandpas with a glorious father's day church because he is worthy of our praise would you sing it with us come on let's sing it together Thanks for joining the Horizon Church Podcast with Pastor Bob. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast channel. And if this message has blessed you, please share it either directly or on social media. If you live in the San Diego area, we'd love to have you join us at a weekend service. Or to catch our live stream, visit horizon.org slash live every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to learn more or partner with us, simply go to horizon.org. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll see you next time.